This is the weekly Fremont Moo podcast. Full count, one out, runners in the corners. The set, runner goes, hit, swing and a line drive up the third baseline and fair and rolling toward the corner for a hit. McBride has scored. Dodge around third. He's going to try and score. Sullen's throw toward home is cut off and Dodge scores. And this game is tied at six. An inside look at Moo Baseball. This one is rocketed out towards center field, going back to center field. And McBride, how did he make that catch? Behind his back, looking like Willie Mays. And now, here's your host, Nate Rohr. Welcome into episode number nine of the Fremont Moo Weekly Podcast. I'm Nate Rohr, and call it the Christmas Eve edition of the podcast for this reason. The Moo almost ready to open their presents, almost ready to clinch this Clerk Division Championship. The magic number is one as we speak right now as they get ready to begin the three-game series against Western Nebraska out here in Gehring, but not quite yet. But it's been a great week for the Moo. They've won five in a row, and they have driven that Magic number down to one. They're on the verge of a division championship, and we'll take a look back at all the highlights from the last week coming up. We'll also have a chance to chat with one of Fremont's top pitchers. Isaac Van Dyke finished off the home regular season with a win over the Pioneers. We had an opportunity to chat with him after the game. He's a two-sport star in Davenport University up in Michigan, so we chatted with him a little bit about playing football and baseball. And we also spoke with Ronnie McBride, the Moo outfielder, a guy who is just so electrifying on the field, his speed, his defensive ability, and he's a very good hitter as well. And so we got into a little detail with Ronnie about his path and what he's done in his career and his summer ball experience with the Fremont Moo. But as we mentioned, it's been a good week, so let's get to the highlights. Let's hear the top moments from last week. It's time for the Moo Review. Second man in the inning. Here's the 2-1. Reller swings and puts a blast into this one. Out to right field. It is over the scoreboard, and the Moo are on the board. Here's the first pitch to Mark Marillo. He throws to second to get one. Sears to first. That's an inning ending. 1-6-3. Double play. Nicky Manuel down to the count, 0-1. He swings and lines it to right. This one is going to be deep enough to at least score one, and it splits the outfielders in right center. So Ruller scores. Here comes Dodge. He will score. The throw goes into second, and it's a tie ball game. 2-2. Two to two. One 2 pitch. And it's off the inside of the bat, up the middle, and through for a base hit. Emmanuel will score, and it's 3-2 move. Righty Skirto set at the belt. And the one strike pitch. And there's ground ball ripped by McClintock to third. Duncan throws to second for one. Dodge to first. In time for the double play. And that wraps up the eighth inning. And James Skirto puts the finishing touches on a masterful performance on the mound tonight. Two on, one out. Righty Thomas set at the letters. Checks second with Boynton in the first pitch. And Morrison grounds a curveball through the right side for a hit. Boynton around third, going to try and score. Solomon picks up the ball in short right field only after juggling it, so no throw comes home. Boynton scores on to third, goes Sears, and the move boosts the lead to 6-2 in the eighth. One strike pitch, runner goes. Pitch taken up and in for a ball, the throw to third. The tag is there, and they got him stealing. 
Play goes 2-5 to catch Dennison stealing, and that is a milestone. Dennison had been 23 for 23 stealing bases. That ends right here as Zimmerman throws him out at third. The set for Robbins. Check second again, delivers the 1-1. Boynton swings and lines it down the right field line. Hooking, it is a fair ball. Rolling toward the tarp in the corner. Around third is Koski, he'll score. Zimmerman on to third, and Boynton is into second, standing up with an RBI double, and the Moor on the board in the bottom of the second inning. Boynton's seventh RBI of the year. And the first pitch. Morrison swings, hits a little flare down the left field line. Over to his right is Collier. They'll have to play it on a hop, and it one hops the wall. Boynton scores, Duncan scores, Sears to third, and Morrison to second with a two-run double. That's given the move the lead. It is four to three, Fremont in the bottom of the second inning. Base is loaded though. Cheney Dodge swings at the first pitch and lines it on the ground up the middle. That's a base hit. Two runs will score, and the Moon now lead seven to four. Two outs in the bottom of the third inning. Here's Ronnie McBride. He's 0 for one today. The righty McBride swings at the first pitch, and it is hammered out to left. The left fielder Abergani is not gonna move. That ball is in the lumber yard. It's a tie game. Three to three. Ronnie McBride is sixth home run of the year. Short diving to his left Sears. He flips to second for one. Dodge to first. In time for a double play. A spectacular double play initiated by Dylan Sears. And the move retired two in the top of the fifth. 2-0 to Simonson. He swings and lifts one out to left. This one is gone. Albergandi will watch it fly. And the move are back on top. Four to three. Jack Simonson with a home run. Pitch to Plumenock. He swings and lines this one to right center field. It's down for a hit, rolling all the way to the wall. In to score is Plumenock. It's an RBI double for Plumenock. And the move, Bill lead to 5-3 here in the bottom of the eighth. Morrison at third, two outs, the two ball pitch, and that's lined by Plumenock. Down for a hit in right field. Morrison scores easily, and it's 2 to nothing. Fremont in the bottom of the first inning. The batter is Morrison. He rounds back up the middle. Base hit to center field, in to score as Weber. It's now four to nothing, Fremont in the bottom of the second inning. Now a throw to first, McBride hustling for second now. Morrison trying to score, the throw home is... No! Oh! They missed the tag! They missed the tag! Morrison slid past the plate, went back to the plate, tagged home plate, and he steals home on the throw home. The throw beat him by a mile, but apparently Oda never got the tag on him. 2-2. Fastball down the middle. Strikeout number 11. And Albergini wanted no part of it. No? That's a line drive up the middle. Hendricks with a dive. He makes the catch and the inning's over. This is on a ground ball to Cheney Dodge. He backhands. Throws to second. Could be two. The throw to first. It's in time. And that's an inning ending double play. Two on, none out. Ronnie McBride, the batter. He shows butt, lays it down toward third. The pitcher, Cody, has it, throws it first. The throw is wild, so McBride is safe. The ball rolling into foul ground down the right field line. In to score is Sears. Morrison to third. And the move cut it to 3-1 here in the bottom of the first. Ronnie McBride will get a bunt single, then move to second on the air. High ball, two runners on second and third. First pitch is a tapper to third base. McBride is going to score. The ball goes through the third baseman and shortstop into left field, and Simonson takes third. First is Luke. 
Swings and lifts one to right center field. Morrison to his left, dives and makes a spectacular catch. The runner way off of second. It's shoveled by Hendricks to Sears at second for the double play and the inning is over. What a terrific play by Morrison out there in right center field. Abdel now squatting over right-handed batter's box. Working on the righty flip out. Off-speed pitch up the middle. That's a base hit. And Clemenock will score easily. Boo now lead by four. It's seven to three. One and one the count. Flip out rings at home. McBride shoots a ground ball through the right side for a hit. Sears to third. He's going to try and score. And the throw home is not in time. McBride will scoot into second as the throw came all the way in. The run scores and the Moo now lead at eight to five. And the Bottom of the eighth inning, Ronnie McBride, his second RBI of the day and his third hit. You've got two racehorses out there for the move with Morrison at third, McBride at second. Still nobody out in the inning for the pitch. Simonson grounds it back up the middle, a base hit to center field. Morrison has scored. McBride will score. A two-run single for Jack Simonson. And now the move lead it by a score of 10 to five. The 1-2 pitch. Kale swings and lofts a fly ball into short right center. McBride in and to his right to make the catch. And the Fremont Moo have swept the Western Nebraska Pioneers. The final score of 10 to five. And the Moo closed the home portion of the 2020 regular season with a sweep of Western Nebraska. And now the magic number to win the Clark Division is two. We're hustling around the diamond with a member of the Moo crew. It's time to circle the bases. Circling the bases with Isaac Van Dyke. And Isaac, first off, you're not just a college baseball pitcher. You're also a quarterback for Davenport University. What skills does pitching uh, help you build that pay off for you as a quarterback? Um, I don't know. All sports are pretty much just competition. So... Football's taught me a lot of hardships that I've had to battle through, and it's just made me a more competitive person. And it's also put me through a lot of hard moments in sports that kind of translate to baseball as well. You come out and pitch for the uh, for the Moo, and you have that great game up at Pier. Uh, what was working for you on that night that uh, that allowed you to pitch that well against the Trappers? Uh, I had my fastball. I could pretty much put my fastball wherever I wanted to, and I could pretty much do the same with my changeup. My changeup was moving quite a bit, so those two pitches just uh, kept the hitters off balance. What feels better, a big strikeout, big situation in the game, or a long touchdown pass? Ooh, I would probably say a long touchdown pass. You, of course, like all the guys on the team, missed most of this year. The season held up because of the COVID virus. What did you do with a couple of months between the end of college baseball season uh, and the beginning of Moose season? Uh, I pretty much just threw some bullpens to my uh, little brother about once a week. I'd just drag him out to our high school field and uh, just get, some, get, any, get any reps in that I could. What's been your favorite thing about playing in Fremont? We're coming to the home stretch of the season. What's been your favorite thing about playing with the Moo? Uh, just my teammates. I love those guys and uh, also the coaches. Just a great group, of, great group of guys that we got here. How do you feel your game has improved the most even from the beginning of the season to right now? 
I would say I improved my command on my fastball. Um, also, my secondary pitches, my changeup has improved a lot, and I've been working on a slide or two down here. Learn a little more about one of Fremont's finest. Let's meet the Moo. This week's edition of Meet the Moo is with Fremont center fielder Ronnie McBride. And Ronnie, you're one of the many veterans from last year's team that came back uh, for this year's team. Uh, how did it help being on a summer ball team where so many guys knew each other, had played with each other, and, and had a familiarity coming into the year? Uh, it, it's, it's a good time just because everybody just jails so easy. The chemistry's already there. A lot of the guys were here last year. We know what we're, you know, we know what the goal is. We know what uh, we all are trying to do, and we just kind of play off of that and let all that feed off each other. And it just, uh, just the games go by a lot smoother. You came here to Fremont in the middle of last season, played 31 games for the Moo. I think you were in the Northwoods lead league uh, before that. What did you expect when you came to Fremont uh, off of that Northwoods team, and and how did how did reality match your expectations? Um, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect, honestly. I mean, uh, I really, I just, I know I wanted to finish out the summer playing, and Coach Bennett, you know, sh he shot out to me and just kind of gave me an opportunity to come up here and play. So, I mean, it was really no thought behind it. I was just hit the road and came over here and just got to playing. You are such a dangerous force out on the base paths. You know, as much as any part of any other part of the game, you're a fine hitter, you're a great fielder, but it's on the base paths where you make the most distinct impact. Can you see pitchers get nervous when you're dancing around at first and second? How much energy do you draw from their fear? Oh, I mean, obviously, if you play in a league with only six teams, you're going to know that teams are going to start the game plan, what you're trying to do. So you just got to kind of look out for that and be aware of what's going on. And I mean, just don't, that doesn't mean you have to turn to not being dangerous on the base pass, but you have to be more like careful with what you're doing and pick your, uh, pick your, your, your times better, you know? You talk about this league and the familiarity with it, not just that it's a small league this year, but also that it's your second time through it. Duncan Field in Hastings. I'm sure it's terribly frustrating as a hitter, but especially with someone with your speed, is it almost fun to have all that real estate to try and cover in center? Oh, yeah. You uh, you definitely don't have to worry about the wall or anything, <laughs> whereas in most fields, you kind of, you know, a ball barreled out into a gap. You might be kind of nervous getting towards the wall over there. You just got to kind of, you got some freedom. You could just kind of get out the gate and go get a fly ball for sure. This is your second year in Fremont, and of course, summer ball is really to try and develop guys' games. When you came out here this summer, what were you hoping to improve on uh, through the summer, and, and have you been able to do it? Uh, yeah, there were some goals set into place, just like uh, just to hit with more authority. Like I've always been able to hit for a good average and run the bases and play good defense, but now it's kind of like the next step in my game would be to hit more home runs, hit more doubles, and just become like a better hitter all the way around. How tough is that balance? Because your speed is maybe the most notable piece of your game, and and it would be tempting to just hit the ball into the ground and and get on, but. I'm sure you want more for yourself. You want to be a dangerous power hitter as well as a speedster out there. Right. I mean, the game of baseball is just, you know, evolving, and you have to be able to hit the ball in the air for power just to keep playing. So that's the goal. 
you go to LSU, Alexandria. Of course, people see LSU and, and they get the picture of the Tigers in their head. Tell us about LSU, Alexandria, the school and the baseball program down there. Oh, it's a um, it's a small school, but it got some special people there. A lot of people that really care about baseball and care about our guys, and that's what's important. A lot of people go to these big programs where they might not get the individual work, and they just got some special people down there that really invest in, you know, our guys and want us to succeed. Now, just hanging around the dugout one of these days before a game, I heard you say you work security at LSU football games. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Tell tell us about that experience. How how is it first just to be on the sidelines for the defending national champs and and seeing the craziness around Tiger football? Well, I've always been a fan growing up of LSU football, and just like when we got that opportunity and we were working security on the field, it's just like it's a crazy experience just being down there. You know, all the noise, all the it's just it's, it's unexplainable. Those Saturday nights in Death Valley. Had you gone to LSU games before that, or was that your first experience seeing it live? You mentioned you've been a fan forever, but it's a little different once you get in the park. I've been at a few games just in the stands watching growing up as a kid, but there was nothing like that, so it was a great experience for sure. What's the craziest thing you've had to deal with uh, as one of the security personnel at those LSU football games? This past season uh, at the Florida game, it, it was a good game and it was a wild one, and uh, towards the end of the game, they made us like gra all grab a rope, it's like securing the whole field just to make sure they didn't rush, and there was just kind of people just like yelling. Not, I mean, nothing like violent or anything, just kind of like playing around, yelling, saying they were going to rush the field, and we were all just kind of like amped up about that. It was a good time. To Do you have dibs if somebody runs onto the field of play during the game? I, I, and I feel sorry for the person if that's the case. No, I don't think that's in the handbook. <laughs> now, of course, playing in the Expedition League, you've got so many long bus trips and, and so much time together with your teammates. And I know Mafia is a very popular game in the back half of the bus. Tell the people about Mafia and why, why you guys seem so addicted to it. It's just, a, it's just a game that makes the time go by, and everybody gets so amped up. And I always say, like, sometimes I think this team rather play Mafia than baseball. <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, it's just a fun game, and people really get amped up and into it, and it gets intense sometimes, and I think that's just what makes it really fun. Let's say a teammate of yours at LSU Alexandria or somebody you know from down there ask you about playing for the Fremont Moo. What will you tell them are some of the best parts about playing up here? This, is, uh, this was 100% the best summer ball experience I ever had, best summer experience I ever had. I spent two of the best summers of my life over here playing baseball every day. It's just a great environment. The coaches are great. The organization's great. The culture's great. I mean, there's nothing bad to say about this place, so I would definitely encourage uh, one of my teammates coming out here every year for sure. And, of course, you go into the next college season, uh, next spring. What goals do you have for yourself, and what's kind of ahead for you? Well, we got some goals set into place just numbers-wise, just to go get better every day and uh, – you know, that's why you come out and play summer ball, just to get better and go back to school and do big things. And then uh, I'll, gra I'll graduate this spring, and then we'll figure it out from there. Well, you've been a heck of a show to watch on the field throughout the season, and still a couple more weeks to go of good stuff. So looking forward to seeing what you can do with it. Good luck the rest of the way. Appreciate it. Here's what's coming up moving forward for Fremont. To borrow from former Royals reliever Dan Quisenberry, I've seen the future and it's just like the present, only longer. Moo will wrap up the regular season with six games 
against the two teams they played in their last six games, starting with a three-game series at Western Nebraska, Friday at 7.35, Saturday at 1.05, Sunday at 5.35. Then the Moo will close the regular season with a three-game series at Soros Valley, all games at 7.05 Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The next time we chat with you, hopefully we're talking about a Clark Division championship. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Fremont Moo Weekly Podcast. Follow the Moo on Twitter at Fremont Moo, and visit FremontMoo.com for news, information, stats, and to buy tickets and Moo gear. Fremont Moo Baseball. It's a hit.